0: Hi friends, welcome to the Church Abused Coach podcast with me, Lori Sullivan, an author, teacher, wife, mother, nana, ex-minister's wife, survivor, Jesus-loving daughter of a fantastic, faithful, and ferocious God. If you, like me, have been abused by a minister or church and want to be heard, to heal, to live in hope, I am so glad you're here. In this podcast, we will break the silence on this issue, actively pursue healing, and determine, choose, pick, declare to live victorious anyway. Are you ready for that? Come on, grab that coffee, pour that tea, sip your straw, and let's begin. All right, the church abused, coach, podcast, audience. We are now in, wait a minute, 13 countries, 13 countries and 23 states. So I just have to say that because I am so thankful, thankful, thankful for you, my listeners, And today, to today's guest, too, Dawn Jackson is with us, and I'm going to read to you a little bit about Dawn. Hi, Dawn. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, for sure. So this girl is going to share some story with us and some healing tips, and here's her credentials, because, you know, we we have to throw that around a little bit. So Dawn is an education consultant and a life coach. How about that, folks? She's certified in two teaching credentials with a master's in special education. So shout out to all the teachers out there who have been there and done that and are still doing it. She is certified as a learning styles coach and now certified as a life coach for women in midlife. Hello out there, women in midlife. Boom. Uh, got a little something for you from Dawn. All right. She's an artist and she is writing a book. So she's in the throes of that. And can I groan? Mm-hmm. Been there. Uh, that's a lot of work. And the book is called Lost Daughters. Ooh. All right. Somebody's thinking about that. So you can email her, and of course I'll have this in the show notes, at dawnjacksoncoaching.com. She will send you a free download of her journal slash devotional for women estranged from their children. Whoa, there's a population. And she's giving away three online personality assessments if you email her. So uh, read the show notes if you didn't catch that right now, and know that she's also working on a podcast that is titled, and this is so cool, and you know it's the English teacher talking to you, because this podcast is called The Days, D-A-Z-E, of Our Lies, found on Spotify. All right. Dawn, I am hoping, and well, I know you're gonna share a little bit of your story. You're gonna help our audience understand a little bit too about a healing technique um called emotional intelligence. So take it away, girl. Help us out. Thank you, Lori. I really appreciate you inviting me today.
1: Um I will just jump into my story. I'm not gonna go into my past too much. It's probably similar to a lot of your uh listeners but as we all know um everybody has their story of survival and the trauma that they've experienced in abuse and um and so i would never like say my story is just like your story um, we're all unique in that way and we, but we each have a story to tell yeah. so thank you for letting me tell my story a little bit today um i just want to begin with that Our, my story and our stories always begin way before we began because Uh. God knew knew our story. Wow. So if you think your story began when you were born, think again, (laughs) but I was born in Chester, Pennsylvania, about 63 years ago. I was raised by an alcoholic mother. Uh, She did not have um, my father who left. And left state and left her to raise five children by herself. She was also abandoned by her mother and father and given up to an orphanage when she was a young girl. I was the fourth out of five children, and I was the firstborn girl, which, if some people are into, you know, placement in family, that's a big deal to be a firstborn girl. So I ran away from home though at 14 and a half after my mother and I had a terrible fight. She was very abusive and we got into a serious altercation and I was done. I had never ever in my whole life felt wanted or seen. Even as a very little girl, I remember that around five years old, like I could just walk into the backwoods and disappear for hours and hours and no one would come looking for me. Not not for a long time, (laughs) it was kind of crazy. Um, Eventually, though, after running away, I did end up in California with my dad, and he was kind of the only person that I ever thought loved me, except I did have a stepmother who did not love me, and so she was always working to come between us. I did have some strong relationships with my siblings, with my brothers who basically raised me, but it was, again, not feeling seen. It was just being controlled. So I was set up from a very early age to be extremely, extremely hungry for love. In high school, however, I did accept Christ as my savior and felt God's hand was upon my life. But for the next many years of my story, I was still in me mode, right? Kind of like survival. And it took me a long time to believe and trust God while trying to find my heart to call home a place for my heart because I never felt like I had a home ever. We moved extensively as a child and there was just a lot of suffering around that. So the problem in my story is, which wasn't really a problem, it was a hunger in my heart, right? A gaping hole was that I wanted to be found. But I got enough, what we may call at that point, emotional intelligence, to understand that I was looking for that love in a man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But my criteria, they had to be Christian. Okay. It didn't matter anything else. They <laughs> just had to say those words. Say they the was, words. Book, line, and sinker. And boy, they were smarter than me. They yes. were so smarter than me. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I just came out of the bathroom and accepted Jesus. Someone actually said that to me.
0: So okay.
1: I kept, and I believed it. So I, I was, you know, everyone just have mercy and grace. I'm not the smartest, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. And I have had, that's why emotional intelligence is so important to me. And I'll explain how God got me there. But the thing is, is that I kept falling for these bad guys. I so desperately wanted to be loved. And even though I knew they were kind of bad guys, I knew I could fix them.
0: I mean,
1: with enough love and enough Jesus and enough, yeah. love, they'll be okay. And they'll be exactly the way I wanted them to be. So, years later, I got married. I had three kids to a very abusive, verbally abusive man. Now, you have to understand, I didn't recognize this as abuse because I grew up with physical abuse, not verbal abuse. So, when I was being verbally abused, I just thought, oh, someone's expressing themselves and but it was it was truly abuse so our pastor refused to help even though jim asked him for counseling he told us he didn't do marriage counseling and then on top of it i had a husband who told me it was all in my head of course there i fell into adultery somebody wanted to listen somebody wanted to listen and i bought that bait hook line and sinker Um. but relationship turned into further abuse? I mean, this is crazy stuff. I eventually felt chronic self-pity and anger and always, always saw myself as the victim. You know, after abuse and divorce, how could this happen to me? I'm a nice person. I'm a child of God. You know, there were all these questions all the time. My heart kept getting broken though, until I hardened my heart. And then I believed I had to be the fighter now in my story and not the victim. And no longer was anyone ever going to do that to me. God was still there in my life, but not fully. I did not walk in the knowledge of the holy. I did not. I lived with, yeah, God's good. I'll go to church. I'll do the good things. But I didn't know how to express him in a relationship because I didn't know anything about relationships, but my next relationship, which was another marriage, I was in charge and I, I'm just going to sum it up in one word. I was mean, I was mean, wow. there was nothing that was going to get past me. There was nothing that I was going to put up with. I'd been there, done that. So I was a mean Christian, right? Okay. And so, um. It wasn't just like I walked around mean all the time, but boy, you crossed me. There was no three strikes around. No, there was no.
0: Oh. But
1: again, after that Christian divorce, I ran. I ran for my life after my ex wanted a divorce to return to his ex. I sold my beautiful house. I left town. I tried to run from the shame of another divorce in my community. I was just livid, you know, and embarrassed to no end. But in the process of that, I also lost the precious relationships of two of my three children. Little did I know how much this would impact my life. I moved in six years, six times, fixing up houses and flipping them. But the truth was I couldn't find peace for my broken heart, for my wandering heart. I couldn't find home. So I kept jumping. Oh, I just going to fix that up and sell it, fix that up and sell it. Um, But what happened was I tried to find it in moving and doing all that. And also in art, I'm an artist and also in wine. So There is a Christian form of drinking out there and it's a, it's, um, it's acceptable. So I start, I did that. I did that. Well, you know, this is just, you know, California thing to do. We're going to go sit at the winery. So I finally left the state of California and moved hoping for a brand new start. The problem was my home or, or the state that I lived in was not the problem. The problem as you can probably tell so far is me. I entered a coaching program. I'm like, okay, I'm going to help myself and help others. I learned self-compassion and healing, which was amazing. And eventually even unconditional love. Mm. So after the program, I wanted to coach women, but God said, you're not ready. Mm. We won't go into that discussion, but he was right. (laughs) I wasn't ready, but I was so tired of being on the shelf. Every door for me closed. So Any self-confidence that I had, any dreams that I have were gone, gone. And I was a dreamer. I mean, I was a little girl. I was a dreamer. I was a visionary. I was like, I'm never going to have this life. I'm going to have this life, you know, one of those little girls. But the thing was, at that point, the couch and Netflix all of a sudden became my best friends. I could not get off that couch. And we're talking years. In my emptiness, I had no choice but to seek God. My back was up against a wall. But I did it out of the state of my victimization and my shame, my fear of dying alone mm. and away, away from me and the voices in my head, Lori. Like they were
0: mm.
1: hor- horrifying. Like they were horrifying. I, I was yeah. So I had some serious crying. I still remember tissues and boxes of tissues, and I should have had stock and tissues because I was crying all through the night. Wherever I was, and I was in some beautiful places at the beach, on the coast, never happy. Never happy. Because guess what? I was still there with me. (laughs) So my bed was soaked with tears. I hoped somehow they would move God. Those tears, those banging on the bed, the fists in the air, they didn't. Nothing changed inside of me either. I was miserable. Now I was really alone and in another state with no one. I had none of my friends, my children, nothing. I lost two best friends, two best friends of years through all of this, through my anger. And then my other great friend had died. Anxiety was so real. And the estrangement with my children was actually killing me. I literally thought I'm going to die from a broken heart. I'm going to just, they're just gonna walk in and I'm gonna be dead on this bed.
0: Mm -hmm. It was
1: terrible and i my heart lit, you you cannot believe how many women and families out there are estranged from children these days it's it's not it's it's the numbers are staggering truly so i was miserable blah 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 but i stuck with my daily devotions and my wine those were like <laughs> not at the same time although i thought about it but the more wine i drank the sicker i became in my body and in my thoughts. Like okay. it was like the wine created more depression, which created bad thoughts, right? Now we're getting closer to this emotional intelligence thing. And I started to realize, wait, there's a correlation here. I feel horrible. And it takes me 48 hours to get through this cycle. But by then, because I'm so sad from all this blah, 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 and all these thoughts and all this, that I'm doing it again. Because I want to relieve this pressure, right? But I was doing the daily devotion. So I was hearing the word of God. I was determined for God to heal me. I begged him, begged him. And this is a key. And I want to share this later. Every day. And seriously believed he was ignoring me. And that he even hated me. Oh. I know. And I remember asking God, why do you hate me? Why? Why do you hate me? pain I don't even know like I mean it would have been easier just to have been in a prison cell locked up and and then in my soul with my pain so okay so what was interesting the book of Psalms became my prayers to God because I couldn't even find the words to pray so I do encourage anyone that can't pray go to the book of Psalms and lift those up to God But I saw David's boldness at times, and I tried that with God, you know, thinking, okay, this this is definitely going to move him. Nope. So the funny thing is every door I tried to open literally slammed in my face. Every job I applied for, every relationship I tried to build, every door slammed. I, I didn't understand. I couldn't find a church where I didn't feel invisible and the single older woman that no one cared about. So, you know, I, again, here are those thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I stayed home. I knew God was doing something because he would show up, right? And and somehow He, I felt like he was setting me aside. He was setting me aside. I thought it was literally to torment me. Um, I was scared and I was scared he left me. I really was. I really was. I questioned my faith and wonder if I was really a Christian after all, which is a very good thing to do. I'd recommend that. I knew what the Bible said about death and living apart from God for eternity was truly freaking me out. I kept praying, complaining and crying, like, why me, you know, that kind of prayer. And can't you, can't you have some compassion for what I've already been through? When is this going to stop, right? David also prayed those same prayers, (laughs) but still nothing. For a long time, it felt like nothing. Are you crying?
0: (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I have my allergies going on over here.
1: (laughs) I truly felt these prayers were falling on deaf ears. He was not doing what I wanted, but he was doing something. And you know what that was?
0: Tell us. What?
1: What? tell you Uh, he he was whispering um, he was whispering he would whisper words like praise me thank me see me in the little things in nature and then the love that is around you um, see whisperings in his word like special verses that would come and i'm like whoa that was exactly what i needed to hear and one time i remember taking a gift to my neighbor's for their, for their little kids for, at Christmas time. And the little boy just like clung and held me so tight. He was about six years old. And I'm like, what's happening here? And as when I left their house, God said, that was me. That was me holding you. I love you. Mm-hmm. And so many times he would just bless me through little children. I don't know what that is, but I love it. And I'm so yep. grateful for that. Oh. But I walked home that day from their house, just crying. I, you know, the whisperings, right? I knew, though, that God was not pleased with the wine, and we had numerous conversations about this, even though I did have shame around it, because I knew how it made me feel, and then I would go and talk to people and act like everything was fine when I knew that it was impacting me, my health, my emotions, my mind, but I didn't want to let go of it because it was a crutch that I felt that I needed. I had all this anxiety about my life. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't have a job. I was just, you know, in a strange state. I didn't even like it. I didn't like the people, nothing, right? Nothing could be good. And and um, and um, it was just so funny because um, I remember God somehow through some teaching or whatever saying, I need you to obey me. I need you. I need you to obey me so I can bless you. I need you to obey me so I can open your heart for you to listen. Right. We're talking about emotional intelligence, which I think it begins with with our ears, like listening, Mm. listening to the whisperings, listening to the voice of God. I'm telling you, Lori, there was no way I could do it. There was no way I could do it. I'm like, come on. And then, you know, I do things like I'm just going to have one glass. Not my normal two, but one, yeah. right? And so down we went to one, but it never, it, it was the same. It was the same. It's this impact to have the same. It wasn't like it was a condemnation thing. It wasn't God saying you're a bad person because you drink wine. It wasn't that. It was what he was calling me to. Like Abraham, when he took Isaac, you know, mm. up to the altar and he said, lay it down, lay him down believe me that I will provide for you, but I'm like, Lord, yeah. my anxiety and, you know, and all this, but okay. he wanted me to trust him, not any crutch or anyone else. He allowed everything to be taken out of my life, everything. I mean, he gave me a couple of comforts. Let me tell you, I have a beautiful dog. I have a, you know, I, I mean, nature, my art, just, just those little things, right? Anyway, I started to pray for a heart to obey him and for strength to let go because that desire was not in me. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I didn't feel, you know, I knew it had impacted my life and my relationships, but you know, come on, God, you can handle this. No, I started to pray and he changed my heart. So I, All of a sudden I began, okay, here comes emotional intelligence, which I didn't even know it was called that then. This hunger inside to know, to understand, to find answers for my life, to find my purpose. That was a really big one. I was reading every book on my bookshelf. I was listening to every podcast and I wanted these answers. Burying myself in art and wine did not work anymore. I was angry, Lori, in a new way. Do you know how that way was? Can you guess? No. (laughs) This is the way in which you're like, no, can't guess. You're speechless. Okay. (laughs) This is the way in which I started to realize the enemy was stealing my life, even years of my life and my children's lives from me. Think about it. If we're just weak on the couch, watching Netflix, drinking a little wine, numbing out the pain, what good are we in the battle? And yeah. he had already ripped me off way too much, way too much. But see, the thing is this, we can be excited Christians and be like, I'm going to fight for Jesus and I'm going to fight in the Holy Spirit. But really, God, we have to stand in the shadow of the Almighty. We don't go before God. We cannot go in our own strength, right? Because I had done that before, playing the kingdom of heaven and all that, but it wasn't working, right? So that's when it came across this book, A.W. Tozer, and it's the knowledge of the holy. I don't know if anyone's ever heard that, and started to learn about the almighty holiness of God. At the same time, Lori, I was working with a coach who was helping me to communicate with my estranged daughter. Cool? Oh. I know. And I felt angry that my daughter was upset about how I hurt her as a child. And instead of having compassion for her pain, I compared it to my own horrible childhood. Mm. And I thought, she could come off easy. Mm-hmm. She would never survive what I went through. Are you kidding me? You know, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Attitude. I thought she needed to learn to deal with it and suck it up like I did. Because that's what I learned. You suck yep. it up. But after reading Tozer and God telling me, Okay, here comes our emotional intelligence, everyone. Write this one down. Be holy because he was. I realized that I was judging my daughter in comparison to my life and how I thought she should feel and behave. But God showed me he is the only righteous, holy, wise judge and the only one we are to compare our lives to. Immediately when God revealed this to me, something shifted in me, something huge. He showed me first how wretched I was to my daughter, how unholy I had behaved. Whether I agreed with her or not didn't matter. And how hard my heart had become, which was so true, it needed to change. It didn't matter if I agreed with anyone I hurt. What mattered was their heart. Their heart mattered because that is what mattered to God. His love was revealed to me in such a tender way. Now, we're probably, some people might be thinking, how is this emotional intelligence and where is this girl going? The thing is this, our emotional intelligence lives in the almighty wisdom of God. We, we can't, try, well, I mean, I can take, I'm 63, right? You think, hey, I've heard people say, I'm 60, I know it all, really? Good for you. Yeah. I'm. 60, I know nothing. That is what I know, and I. I'm just saying that. But God, where I'm, and I'll go further here, where the emo, the true emotional intelligence came, and I'll, what I believe it is for me anyway. So, their heart matters more. So it's this shift began. Now I was really crying out to God in a new way. Not the old, I was asking for grace and mercy for my past now and realizing I was not the victim, but an active participant in my own sinful life in spite of what happened to me. So my bitterness was a result of what happened to me and all the bad things, but that just perpetuated the sinfulness of humanity of my own humanity it didn't heal me right i mean yes i was abused yes i was t- i was treated poorly by the church by my husbands whatever and yet there was this this reckoning in my heart of i need mercy um, yet, i need the grace right now because god showed me when i compare my behavior in my life to his Holiness, that's a whole different picture of how we see ourselves, our story, and him. So now I'm beginning to see others, how God sees them. Okay, not excusing sin toward me, not excusing the brokenness of, you know, even my own mother, right? But loving each person as image bearers in need of their Savior God. And leaving them in God's hands.
0: Mm, Oh, what a release, huh?
1: Yeah, like huge. Because you know, I'm, I guess a little controlling, I can be, you know, and I've always wanted to fix it all. And so this has been a this has been amazing. But I can also see how God has was answering my prayers in those six years. It just wasn't like this, right? He was in the process of healing my mind, my heart, and my body. I never honestly thought my that my mind would come back to me like it used to be. And he is healing that and renewing that. I know now he has called me not to act like a victim, not to live in my victimness, but as the beloved daughter of God. I am his daughter, and so are you, and so are the women listening to this program right now. We have to remember he is God and we are not, we are not God. We can rest in that and have peace in our lives knowing he will make a way because he is wise and all knowing. And I want to say about that emotional intelligence again, because, you know, honestly, like I can teach you the strategies, right? And I can teach you how to, you know, self-regulate with breathing exercises and meditation and music and hot baths. And I believe in all of it and I do it and journaling big time journaler here.
0: Yay. Says the English teacher. Yeah.
1: But the thing is at the end of the day, our emotional intelligence and our mental healing comes from the father who loves us, not from Mm. all these okay, I'm gonna sit and do yoga for five hours. No, it is in his presence and it is letting him speak to you. But you have to be willing, you guys, like we all have to be willing to lay it down, to trust him, to believe in his infinite wisdom that is beyond anything we could ever imagine or dream of. So my life's not perfect okay i'm still estranged with my children still working on those relationships every day though i wake up i have the choice now to obey him and to lean into him and believe him for my life and my strength or i can go it alone he's given me free will you saw me do that like how many years was that Uh that that was rough I still get carried away with art and movies. I still have anxiety and I wish wine wasn't so bad for me. I really do. <laughs> but I'm confident now that God has begun a good work in me. Amen. And God will finish it. Yes. He knew the beginning and he knows the end of the story. So a couple of things I want to share and I, I don't know how we're doing on time. Or do you have any questions so far? far?
0: I'm taking furious notes.
1: (laughs) Okay, good. So I do want to say this, that we have to ask ourselves, and I'm going to ask everyone right now, is there a part of your life that God is asking you to obey him in? It could be your emotions, your money, your relationships, or even your heart. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I just want you to know we have a gracious, patient God. He's not mean. He's kind, he is stern, and he's firm, and he is to be feared, but he is not mean. And I mean that in a very biblical way for fear, because he is, read the Old Testament, then you'll know. Um, But know today, and be comforted in this, that the knowledge of God is that God knows everything. God doesn't have to learn. He's not learning our lives as we're learning them. Uh knows he is not up there going i wonder what's going to happen in dawn's life today or Lori's life gosh i can't wait to see it's not like that he already knows and if if that's the case can we not trust a god like that right he sees you now and what your story will become but where you come into that story is trusting him is believing him and crying out like I did for m- mercy and faith to believe. Yeah. And this is from a girl that became a Christian in high school. Wow. Right? Never fully gave my life. I didn't even know what that meant. But I I cried out in yeah. this pain that literally almost took me out. I want to read you a verse that I love in Isaiah 42:16. He said, and I will bring the blind by a way they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. The things will I do unto them. These are the things I will do unto them and not forsake them. Isaiah 42, 16. And I want to read one more. Psalm 116. I wrote this in my Bible, dated this in my Bible, 214, 2020 And I encourage people to do that because you're in a time and a season, right? And then later you look back and go, oh, wow, I remember I read that. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, death of my own accord, by the way. And he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death. My eyes from tears and my feet, I love this part, from stumbling. And if you drank as much wine as I did, you would have been stumbling a little here and there. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the word of God. And so let it be. Amen. Because He is a faithful God. And I know that he's a compassionate God. He knows what we've been through, each of us, and that our stories matter. Our yeah. stories really matter, but we're not stuck there. We don't have to stay there. In Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, he says, forget the former things. He, I remember him giving me this verse years ago. Do not dwell on the past. This was one of the whisperings. Mm. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do not dwell on the past. Do not dwell on the past. Keep telling yourself that the Lord commands that. Because the past is what will hold us down and it's full of lies, right? The stories that we were told, the voices, the abuse telling us we were not the beloved, we were not the daughter of a king.
0: Those were lies. That's it. <laughs> but Oh, Don, thank you. Oh. Thank you. I am looking. I don't know about you listeners, but... I've been taking it down. Uh, I, I want to to sum up some things um, that I find knowing the podcast and knowing what we have talked about so far is the the idea that Don brought to us about don't that we don't live as a victim. Um, I think that's a that is such a trap. And I'm so glad to hear that come out of what you were saying. Um, in the podcast, I'm always talking about the fact that we want to recognize the raw truth. I, I think that we break the silence of, of the bad things, the wolves in sheep's clothing, the, the, the wrong that does happen. We're not going to put our heads in the proverbial sand and pretend that You know, we somehow are um, off the hook if we love Jesus, that um, horrible things are not going to happen while we live here east of Eden, but um, we're not going to live our lives as victims because our second premise on the podcast, of course, is to find our healing. And I so loved on when you talked about um, when there was a reckoning in your heart Mm-hmm. And then a release, we have two R words, mm-hmm. uh, a release, oh my goodness, I've known that release myself, where control freak glory finally gets a clue and realizes, oh shoot, I don't have to be God. And um, he's got it. Like he was at it before I got here. And he'll be at it long after I'm gone. And the release, oh, dear friends, that we can trust him. And I think when we get all tangled up, you know, Dawn, in ourselves, in our anxiety that is real, you know, is maybe still with us, you know, um, the best therapy is like when you talked about getting a hold of the book by Tozer and just focusing on, wait a minute, who's God?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. whoa there's a shifting of the brain cells there yes a beautiful beautiful i mean i'm
1: telling you there were still i still read this book because i leave it next to my bed um just that you know isaiah verse in there 42 that came out of that book too and what how it hits me sometimes, Lori, is I will literally have to turn my light off because I usually read around five in the morning. Turn my light off, go under my covers, and just weep with the revelation of who he is yeah. and who I am not. <laughs> That's
0: the other thing. There it is. Yeah.
1: There it is. And and man, talk about deep repentance. And I I don't believe repentance is go up front, say a prayer, sorry, Jesus. I think it's a lifelong process as God brings us into that emotional healing, which equates into intelligence for his glory, because he is the wisdom of all wisdom. And man, you know, I, I've told the Lord, if, if I could just touch that and just a tiny bit for your glory, whatever that looks like, whatever my life looks like for your glory, but yeah, to be awakened to who he is the knowledge of the
0: Holy, yeah. yeah and i can see why uh satan would not want that to happen you know what i mean yeah Um, uh, yeah. because that's the ultimate healing you know is the recognition of who he is and the glorious release that it brings that he's got this um Thank you so much, Don. Thanks You're for spending so your time. I, yes. yes. For telling, you know, the vulnerable part, the vulnerable parts of, of the story, the, the rawness of the story. But thank you also so much, so much for moving us past mm-hmm. um, just the, the raw truth to what a wonderful moment of um, reckoning and release. Mm-hmm. To a holy sovereign god i'm also going to put those scriptures in the in the notes uh, for our our broadcast and listeners come on we break our silence we find our healing and we live victorious anyway amen Hey friend, if you found hope in today's episode, would you let the world know? Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I would really love that. Hey, say hello on my Facebook page, Victorious Anyway, as together we break the silence, find the healing, and live victorious anyway. See you next week.